0: Friend, as some of you already know, this program is financially supported 100% by love gifts from listeners like yourself. So please, would you help us with a donation so that we can produce more programs and bless others? We need your financial support. To make a one-time donation, visit our website, drruthtonye.org. That's D-R-R-U-T-H-O. T A N Y I . O R G Look for the donation button and donate right there. It is a very secure, simple, and easy process. Or, for more of an impact, would you prayerfully consider becoming a Christ-centered monthly partner with us? While on our website, you will find all of the information about becoming a Christ-centered partner. As a monthly partner, your regular prayers and financial support will enable us to produce more Bible teachings in order to reach more people and transform their lives with God's Word. For those of you who prefer regular email, you can send your donation to us. Here's the address. Dr. Ruth Tiny Ministries, P.O. Box 1806, Loma Linda, California, 92354. You can also email us with your questions about becoming a partner. Here's the email address, info at drruthtanyi.org. That's I-N-F-O at drruthtany o r -R g. Or you can always call us at 909-383-7978. Dr. Ruth Tanye Ministries is a federal government-approved 501c corporation, which means that all of your donations are 100% tax-deductible as allowed by the law. We thank you in advance for your kind donation and prayers.
1: Welcome to today's session. This is Dr. Ruth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We are making it through the book of Deuteronomy. I am excited you are listening today and I am hopeful that you are learning a lot from the Lord. Timeless teachings here. So today, in this session, I will cover Deuteronomy chapters 29 and 30. So let us get right away into chapter 29. What is the gist of this chapter? In this chapter, Moses would, in a way, renew the covenant okay it is a renewal of the covenant because if you recall in chapters 27 and 28 he had talked about curses and blessings so now in this chapter he would offer a renewal of the covenant right after talking about the curses boy attire i'm sure when he renew this covenant it was hopeful for the Israelites okay nobody wants to hear all the negativity all the curses so this is a good transition so let us begin here with the first few verses i read out of Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 1. These are the terms of the covenant the Lord commanded Moses to make with the Israelites in Moab. In addition to the covenant he had made with them at Horeb. Again, this is just wrapping up the covenant from the book of Exodus until now. And if you recall, like I said at the beginning, the book of Deuteronomy is a restating of the law. Okay? Verse 2, Moses summoned all the Israelites and said to them, Your eyes have seen all that the Lord did in Egypt to Pharaoh, to all his officials, and to all his land. So what Moses is about to do here is he is about to relay or remind the Israelites about God's uh, favor, God's blessings, God's provisions to them in the last 40 years. And he would use that background To tell them that, hey, listen, the Lord has done all this for you. All you have to do is keep your end of the bargain. Again, the same theme, obedience, obedience, obedience. So that is what we are about to study here. We come to uh, verse 4. But to this day, the Lord has not given you a mind that understands or eyes that see or ears that hear. Yet the Lord says, during the 40 years that I led you through the wilderness, your clothes did not wear out, nor did the sandals on your feet. Let us go back here to verse 4. But to this day, the Lord has not given you a mind that understands or Eyes that see or ears that hear. Okay, this is not implying that the Lord prevented them from hearing his word. No. If you remember, I have talked about this often. There is a biblical principle that if you seek the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength, God would reveal more of himself to you god is a god of i am god is always present willing to reveal himself to people so what this verse is implying is that the Israelites at least some of them as we know were a stiff necked people who were not obeying the lord they did not care about obeying the decrees of the lord So God did not reveal more of himself to them. So this is more of a spiritual blindness. So spiritually they were dull because it is a law of God. If if you do not desire God truthfully, honestly, he will not reveal himself to you. So when it says here in verse 4 that, But to this day the Lord has not given you a mind that understands or eyes that see or ears that hear. It is a spiritual perception that God did not reveal to these people because they were stiff-necked. They were bent on disobeying the Lord. God is not going to force himself onto anyone. If you are genuinely seeking the Lord, he would reveal more of himself to you because he is always present. Just waiting for you to call upon him. Okay, I hope that is clear. And then the other verses went on to highlight God's provision. Moses talked about how in the 40 years the Israelites were in the desert. Their clothes did not wear out. Okay? Their sandals did not wear out. Again, highlighting how God took care of them in those 40 years. Boy, that was supernatural right there. Supernatural. Moses was trying to bring that to their forefront. Surely. In your own life. Are you able to look back and see how God has provided for you supernaturally? On those days when you did not have money for grocery, how God provided for you, God is our provider. He is always present. Okay. Verse six, you ate no bread and drank no wine or other fermented drink. I did this so that you might know that I am the Lord your God. Again, just like what I was saying, God provided for them that way they would come to a firm knowing and acceptance that God is truly their provider. Hmm. Okay. And then in verse verses seven and eight, Moses would go on to uh, relay or to restate how God enabled them to overcome Og, the king of uh, Heshbon. No, Og, the king of Basham, rather, and uh, the king of Heshbon. We talked about this already, how God won that victory to overcome the king of Heshbon and Og, a uh, king of uh, Bashan. Again, Moses just talking about the presence of God in their lives. And then he comes to... And in verse 8, he just said that after God enabled them to overcome the king of Heshbon and Og, king of Basham, God enabled them, i.e. the Israelites, to inherit their lands. He is just relaying or rehearsing or reminding them of God's uh, power and supernatural delivery of their enemies into their hands. In verse 9, Moses says, carefully follow the terms of this covenant so that you may prosper in everything you do. Again, Moses linking prosperity with obedience, which we've talked about that already. And um, verses 10 is talking about how all the Israelites are standing in the presence of the Lord. We come to verse 12. You are standing here in order to enter into a covenant with the Lord your God. A covenant the Lord is making with you this day and sealing with an oath. We've talked about that already. Verse 13. To confirm you this day as his people. That is the renewal of the covenant right there. Okay. That he may be your God as he promised you and as he swore to your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob Again, highlighting God's faithfulness there. Verse 14, I am making this covenant with his oath, not only with you who are standing here with us today in the presence of the Lord our God, but also with those who are not here today. This is powerful. How Moses just reminded these people about God's provision in their lives, God's power. In their lives to overcome their enemies, and now he is saying that you are standing here as a witness. You are coming into this covenant with the Lord. Obey the Lord. Okay. In verse 16, he is reminding them how they lived in Egypt. Again, just bringing to their remembrance how God was with them during those hard times in Egypt. And then in verse 17, he is going to start warning them about idols. You saw among them their detestable images and idols of wood and stone, of silver and gold. He is referring to the idols in Egypt that the Israelites saw. Verse 18. Make sure there is no man or woman, clan or tribe among you today whose heart turns away from the Lord our God to go and worship the gods of those nations. Make sure there is no root among you that produces such bitter poison. My goodness. This is powerful, this is self-explanatory. Okay, I don't even have to teach on this. Verse 19, this is powerful now. When such a person hears the words of this oath, i.e. referring to the covenant and they invoke a blessing on themselves thinking I will be safe even though I persist in going my own way they will bring disaster on on the watered land as well as the dry. The Lord will never be willing to forgive them. Moses just went on to explain to them that if one of you go astray if one of you by their own free will decides to worship other gods or decide to be disobedient to these laws, they would bring upon disaster on themselves and God would not forgive them and the wrath of God would be upon them and their families. So again, another warning, this is self-explanatory. I don't even have to teach on this. And I had said today, God's wrath is not going to come upon you if you are a Christian. But you would open the door for your enemy, Satan, to devour you. And God would allow it if you disobey him. But that is not God's will for you. God's will for you is that you obey him, walk in obedience, and he will protect you. Okay? Now, we come to um, verse 22. Verses 22 all the way to 24 just talks about the fact that their children, i.e. other generations and foreigners, would see how the Israelites would suffer pain and suffering and all sorts of diseases as a result of their disobedience and how their entire land would be damaged, it would be destructed just as Saddam and Gomorrah and other, and other generations would see that if they walk in disobedience and do not obey the Lord. And in verse 24, his Moses said, All the nations will ask, Why has the Lord done this to this land? Why this fierce burning anger? Again, This is because of disobedience. That's what Moses is saying. That if you disobey the Lord, he will destroy you just like Sodom and Gomorrah and other generations will see this. Okay? And when your children and other generations and other people start to ask why you are undergoing all this suffering, the answer will be, here we have the answer in verse 25 let me read that and the answer will be it is because these people abandoned the covenant of the lord the god of their ancestors the covenant he made with them when he brought them out of egypt and went off and worshipped other gods verse 27 therefore the lord's anger brought against them verse 28 and then in furious anger the Lord allowed his wrath to fall upon them. So that is what Moses is just saying, that when people ask you why you're suffering, if you disobey the Lord, you tell them the truth. You tell people that is because we disobeyed the covenant that God had made with our ancestors and us. That is why we are suffering. So Moses is just telling them, it's interesting, it's like a parent telling a child that, you know, be careful when you cross The street, you better look to the left and to the right. Don't cross the street when you see a car rushing. If you do and you get hurt, you better tell those people that I had warned you not to do that. We see a similar thing here that Moses is saying that when you Israelites start to experience pain and suffering, you better tell others that it is because we disobeyed the Lord. Okay? Again, pushing the responsibility towards them if they choose to disobey. So, let me ask you, are you suffering today because of disobedience towards God? Are you experiencing pain and suffering because you have disobeyed the laws of God? Only you can answer that question honestly. So, I recommend you evaluate yourself just like the Bible tells us we should, and if you are experiencing pain and suffering today because you have disobeyed the laws of God, you can fix that right now by simply confessing, asking for repentance, and God in his love and mercy will accept your genuine forgiveness and restore you back into fellowship, okay? We come to chapter, rather, we come to verse 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may come, that we may follow all the words of this law. Let me repeat this verse 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may follow all the words of this law. So true. I really like the way Moses ended this chapter with this saying. Listen, what Moses is saying here is that there are things that God has with- withhold from us. We are finite beings. God is infinite. No matter how you try to figure out all of God's ways, you won't. You won't, rather. There are things that God hasn't told us. Just like Moses was telling these Israelites, there are things that are secret to God only. Let it be. The things that belong to us, God has revealed to us in his word. You live by that. You obey that. So applicable to us today. There are people who want to have all the answers, all the dots dotted, all the T's crossed before they obey the Lord. Right here, Moses is telling us the secret things belong to the Lord. There are things that God has not revealed to you, to us, to myself. But the things revealed to us as expressed in the Bible belongs to us what God has revealed to us in the Bible is sufficient for us to believe God obey God walk with God and serve him that is all we need to know whatever God has not revealed here in this scripture we do not need to know Did you get that? Because there are people who want to add to the scripture, take away from it, figure out things. No, don't do that. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may follow all the words of this law. So whatever God has revealed to us in his holy word, From the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. That is all we need to know about the Lord. To follow him. To obey him. And to serve him. The things that are not revealed here. We don't need to know. We don't need that to serve the Lord. Okay. I hope that is clear. That brings us right away to chapter 30. Here in the book of Deuteronomy. What is the gist of this chapter? In this chapter... Moses would talk about uh, prosperity from the Lord to the nation of Israel. If they were to repent, stop disobeying God, and ask for forgiveness, okay? And also, God would offer to the nation of Israel through Moses and to us an offer of life or death. And God would even say We should choose life. So let us take a look at some of these verses here. Beginning with Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 1. When all these blessings and curses I have said before you come on you and you take them to heart. Wherever the Lord your God disperses you among the nations. Verse 2. And when you and your children return to the Lord your God and obey him with all your heart and with all your soul, according to everything I command you today, verse 3, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where he scattered you. Isn't this amazing? We see God even making provisions for restoring his relationship with those who would disobey him. My goodness. What else do we expect from God? I mean, God is like, if you disobey me, all of these causes will come upon you. I want to bless you. But if you stop disobeying me and you ask for a heartfelt, genuine repentance, I will accept you, restore you back into fellowship and bless you. <laughs> Ah, God is awesome. Okay, but this restoration, let me talk about this, has to be genuine, like Moses said here, from your heart, because God knows your heart anyway. If you are disobeying the Lord and you want restoration, that act of restoration, that act of initiating the process of restoration has to come from you. It cannot be coerced. It cannot be coerced, number one. Number two, it has to be a genuine, heartfelt repentance, and you have to acknowledge that you sinned against God and you have to verbalize that. If you go about, about it like I had just like I had just explained, let me go over the process again. Number one, it is not coerced. If you're Seeking for forgiveness from the Lord is not coerced. And number two, it is a genuine heartfelt from your heart. And number three, you acknowledge you sinned against God. And number four, you confess that sin. God will accept you, restore you back into fellowship. The key here is that it must come from the heart. Okay? And you must stop practicing the sin. That is obvious, okay? So, the rest of those verses just went on to describe how the Lord would uh, gather them back and bless them. You can read those on your own. Let's take a look at verse 6 here. The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. What this is talking about is that spiritual restoration after they have come back to the Lord and ask for forgiveness from a genuine remorseful heart. If they did that, verse 6 is saying that God would restore them and give them spiritual perception, okay, and restore that fellowship back with them and bless them. That is what it means there to circumcise your heart, just Essentially, give them a new heart, cleanse them from the sin, restore fellowship with them, if they so desire. That is what that is saying. Okay, and the rest of those verses went on to say how the Lord would then turn around and put all the curses on their enemies. Okay, and verse 8 talks about how they will obey the Lord again and follow, follow his commandments and verse 9 talks about how the Lord would prosper them. Again, this is all the Lord telling them what he would do if they come to seek forgiveness and how he would restore them back into fellowship, forgive them, give them spiritual insight again, bless them, protect them against their enemies. The same thing he is doing today in our lives when we seek Forgiveness genuinely from the Lord. He restores us. The blood of Jesus cleanses us. Or cleanses us. And we would start to start hearing the voice of God again in his word. We would start to again experience his presence, his provision, his blessings as we walk with him. So this is so true today in our lives. This Are the things that are available to us, when we repent and when we confess our sins, we will be restored back into fellowship. And God's favor and blessings and protection will chase us because God is a loving God. God wants the best for us. Okay? Okay, so we come... Um down to verse 10, if you obey the Lord your God and keep his commands and decrees that are written in this book of the law and turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So that is just saying that if they do those things, if they obey the Lord, follow his commands, then that process of restoration will take place and God's blessings will be their portion. Okay, we come to Verse 11 here, verse 11 all the way to the end of this chapter is powerful because God is going to offer to them, the Israelites, and to us an offer of life or death. This will really highlight the notion of free will, that it is up to us to experience life here on the earth as Christians. And it is up to us to experience death. And for the Christian, death just means the persistent, unrelenting anxieties, fears, worry. Those emotions are never from God. Okay, All such emotions are really either from your environment or from disobedience or when a person or a Christian is practicing sin, Those emotions actually would be evident in their life. So let us go over this offer here. These uh, verses are so significant that I think I'm going to read to you almost all of them and then uh, comment on some of them because these verses are self-explanatory. I begin here with verse 11. Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you Or beyond your reach. So true. Moses had just explained God's laws to them. And he is telling them. This is not too difficult for you to do. Verse 12. It is not up in heaven. So that you may have to ask. Who will ascend into heaven to get it. And proclaim it to us. So we may obey it. So true. Moses is like. These laws of God are not in heaven. God has given them to me. And I have explained them to you. It is not too difficult to get. You have the laws in front of you. Just like God is telling us today, my laws, mm -hmm, my will is expressed throughout the Bible from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. You have it. Just practice it and obey it. And in Romans chapter 10, Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul used the same illustration as Moses to talk about how the Word of God is near us, near our hearts and our mouths. So we have no excuse, okay? Going back to the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 10, he was addressing the unbelief of the nation of Israel their rejection of Christ Jesus as the Messiah. And then in verse 8, he said, But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. Verse 9, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe In your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So, again, we see how the Apostle Paul is even telling us today and still speaking to the nation of Israel, those who are still rejecting Jesus Christ. He is saying that the Word of God has been revealed to you already, you already know it, just obey it. Just believe it. The same kind of logic and illustration that Moses was teaching the second generation Israelites. We see the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, doing the same thing. Now, coming back to the book of Deuteronomy, let us continue to learn as Moses continued to teach the second generation Israelites okay verse 13 nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it again that is referring to the law now no this is verse 14 the word is very near you it is in your mouth and in your heart so you may obey it so true Verse 15, see, I set before you life and prosperity, death and destruction. Verse 16, for I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and to keep his commands, decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. This is so self-explanatory. I don't even have to teach on this. God is saying that I have said before you the blessings and the curses. Verse 17, But if your heart turns away, you are not obedient. And if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, Verse 18, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. God is pre-warning them. I have said before you life and death. If you disobey me, you won't have life. Obvious, right? Verse 19. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have said before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Powerful, so self-explanatory. I don't have to teach on these verses, right? You get the point. Obedience, fosters God's blessings God has given each man a free will to choose life or death for the unbeliever if they reject the free gift of Jesus Christ they will choose death here in this life and in all eternity but for the believer A Christian who has accepted the free gift of Jesus Christ, if they walk in disobedience, they will experience death. Emotional. You see, for the Christian, like I have said before, we have the physical death, or really for every human being, but let me talk about the Christian for a moment here. The Christian has life in Christ, okay? We are born again, we have a regenerated spirit. There is life in our spirit. But when we choose to disobey God, we bring upon death in our lives. And what does death look like? Like I said earlier persistent, unrelenting anxieties, fear, worry, anxieties, confusion, just not living. The life that Christ Jesus died for you to enjoy. That is a form of death. Emotional death. Death in your soulish realm. And that would not be God's best for you. Obviously, for the unbeliever, if they reject Christ, they are already experiencing death in every realm in life. Death in their soul. Death in their spirit. So that is pretty much obvious. So... We have a choice. There is a free will, doctrine, a teaching across the Bible from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. God has given us a choice to walk in obedience and experience the life of Christ, the life of God, or to walk in disobedience and experience death, fear, anxiety, restlessness, confusion, all the demonic, suppression, oppression, when unfortunately Christians choose to disobey God or when they choose to practice sin, they would not be able to enjoy life and enjoy that blessed life that Christ Jesus died for them to enjoy. So that brings us to the end of That chapter. So what are the major principles out of chapters 29 and 30? These are pretty obvious. Obedience. (laughs) Obedience. Obedience. Fosters God's blessings and it shows that you love God. Disobedience would leash major consequences in your life that I'm not going to even dwell on that. I have gone over that over and over. Second major principle, free will. God has given you a choice to choose life or death. But God loves you so much that God says, choose life so you may prosper. You have a choice to make. Are you going to choose life, God's way, obey him and live life? Or are you going to disobey him and allow Satan to torture you? You have a choice. Okay, so the major application is pretty obvious. I think I just went over that. In the life of a believer, life means that we walk in accordance with God's laws. Life means we obey God. Life means we reflect God's holy character for others to see. Life means we proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ and we allow the Holy Spirit to mold us into the image of Christ. Christians, our life is interwoven with Christ. We cannot call ourselves Christ followers and then disobey him. Christ came to give us life. So let us choose life. And we can begin today by obeying the decrees of God. By walking in accordance with his word and trusting the Holy Spirit to strengthen us. And again, for the Christian, living that blessed life through obedience does not mean you will automatically experience the absence of pain and suffering. For we live in a fallen world. We have an enemy that is called the devil who will attack even the godliest Christians who are walking in obedience, who are not practicing sin, the enemy will always attack. But we have God indwelling us in the form of his spirit to enable us to overcome each battle. Satan is already defeated. Satan is a liar. Satan has been crushed. So even when we are living godly lives, even when we are not practicing sin and we are still experiencing pain and suffering, we should take heart that God himself is fighting the battle for us. In the same way, he was with the Israelites, delivering them from their enemies. He is with us today, delivering us from each trial and tribulation. And remember, Jesus said, take heart for I have overcome the world. Jesus never said it was going to be easy. Jesus never said it was going to be easy. But Jesus promised us that he has overcome the world and he will be with us through it all. So life for the Christian is living for Christ. Life for the Christian is walking in obedience Obedience rather. In spite of the pain and suffering. That we may experience in this fallen world. Because we do live in a fallen world. And we have an enemy. Okay. So life. Is what God wants us to choose. And as we experience that life. That God wants us to. Experience, we will be overcomers because Christ has already overcome for us. We would have the strength, the endurance, the tenacity, the hope, and the joy and the peace of the Lord. That is God's will for us, His children. Father God, we thank you for you as such a good God. We thank you that you are our God. We found our life in you. We thank you that we breathe and we live by you. We thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you for the strength that you are giving us right this moment through your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the joy and the hope that we have in Christ and for the peace that is our portion in Christ. We thank you that you are such a good God that you have even advised us to choose life Father God, today, by faith, we choose that life in Christ. Thank you, God, that you are strengthening us moment by moment to experience that blessed life that we have in Christ. Father God, today, by faith, we know you are going before us to open doors. You are protecting us as we walk by faith. We thank you for you such an awesome God. We have asked all this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody says, Amen.
0: Before we go, I want to remind you to visit our website, drruthtanyi.org, that's D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G, and check out our event page, and sign up for one or all of our upcoming events. While there, remember to subscribe to Dr. Ruth's monthly Bible teaching e-newsletters so you can start receiving more life-changing teachings. If Dr. Ruth's teachings are a blessing to you, we would like to know that. So would you please send us an email and let us know? Here is our email address, info at org. That's I-N-F-O at D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. You can also find Dr. Ruth's simple and practical teachings on YouTube. Just search for Dr. Ruth Tanyi Ministries, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and watch Dr. Ruth's Bible teaching videos at your convenience, 24-7. Remember to click the notification bell on YouTube after you subscribe. That way, you will receive alerts when we upload more Bible teachings. I am Chris Horam, and may God's abundant blessings chase you today. In Jesus' name, amen.